The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. It's great to be back. I can't even believe I'm sitting here at Radio America, this uh, beautiful studio I haven't seen in like three and a half months as I was talking to you from my dungeon in Virginia. Yes, Governor Northam had us all in dungeons, but that's okay because, you know, better safe than sorry, right? I mean, we want to do our part, but we still want to keep America open. We great economic recovery that we're seeing right now. Let's keep that going and let's keep people safe. Those are the two most important things. Um, but it's great to be back here at Radio America. It's beautiful. Uh, and I can tell you that, you know, despite everything, despite having to be at home, I actually kind of enjoyed it. It was actually a nice, you know, Sari Carter, you know, dot com, my website, my Twitter handle, my show, the Sarah Carter show, all coming from my home, which was kind of weird, uh, you know, because we have our kids at home and I'm sure all of you are dealing with the same issues I've been dealing with. I know uh, for many of my friends, it's like, whoa, how are we going to balance this out? Kids in the house, work in the house. Um, so our home be kind, kind of becomes a little bit of everything for us, right? Uh, and, and it actually has been really nice. It really tells you what's important in life. And as you all know, I just got back from Utah. I was traveling in Utah, spent a week there with my family um, last week and with Warrior Risen, which is a 501c3 for wounded warriors, veterans, and their families. Uh, and it was started by our wonderful stepdaughter and her family, um, John and Barbara Schlichty. And she is, Erica's just amazing. Um, Marty's daughter has really been there uh, for him, and I just want to throw a big shout out to her and to the great work she's done and John and Barbara and the boys have done with uh, Warrior Risen. Uh, we hope that it becomes a huge 501c3 and gives a lot of love back to veterans and their families and Gold Star families who have lost their loved ones. That means so much to us. But now I want to get to the news because I think this is very important. And you and I both know that our nation has been upside down lately, just completely upside down. Not only have we been dealing with uh, the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, and trying to figure that out and wondering if there's going to be another comeback of that and whether or not uh, certain states are going to shut down again. Gosh, I hope not. We all hope not. We want to see this economy roar. We don't want to see people infected. But but we're also seeing, you know, the rise of protests, the tearing down of statues, the removal of history, uh, you know, and uh, anger and divisiveness and fighting between Democrats and Republicans. And I just feel like I don't even understand what's going on here. You know, and it's like so many Americans, we feel lost and we shouldn't feel lost. This is the most amazing country on earth. This is the 4th of July weekend. This is the weekend that we remember our independence. 
that we stand up for freedom, that we look at a soldier and say, thank you. Thank you for serving our country. Thank you for putting your life on the line. Thank you for being a part of this nation and protecting it. That we look at veterans and say, thank you so much for your service. Just say thank you. They are socialist extremists out there and people who will tell you that this country is rotten. They are wrong. They are wrong. This country is better than any other nation on this planet. I know this. I travel. I travel to other countries. It is, there is nothing like it. But everybody all over the world pretty much wants the same thing, right? We all want to give to our families. We want to see our children prosper. We want to be healthy. We want to have certain things, certain things that make our life worth living. And now I see this country and I see it torn apart, torn apart, inside out. I see people on the streets protesting. Um, we saw the Chaz, the Chop, what the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone and what happened there and the tragedy of what happened there. I mean, I... I, I, you know, I was just so saddened to see that two young people lost their lives all because, all because somebody told these kids, the majority of them, young people, you know, you got to create this zone. You got to protest. America's so bad. No, America's great because you can change the system from within. We have a peaceful turnover in election. That is what makes our nation so great. What has shocked me over the last four years is that people even within our government, within the bureaucracy, have gone out of their way, have gone out of their way to change this system, to rip up the Constitution, to step all over it. We've seen that with the Russia hoax. And that's why today we are going to have some great guests. We have some great guests, people whose lives were turned upside down by the FBI, People whose lives have been turned upside down by these crazy investigations that we now find out years later, years later, that there was no evidence to support any of these investigations. I have Dr. Walid Ferris on today. He is a true American patriot, a true American patriot, has helped our intelligence community for more than 25 years. And remember that big story that came out. Um, I believe it was on June 2nd in the New York Times that exposed that the FBI had once investigated Trump campaign advisors ties to Egypt. And that is Dr. Walid Ferris, who is a good friend of mine and a true patriot, folks. He has helped our U.S. intelligence community. He did so much work for us. And look at what happened to him. You didn't even know who his name was, right? You probably don't even know who he is. And then he was investigated. Why? Because he was close to President Trump. Same thing that happened to Carter Page. Same thing that happened to George Papadopoulos. The same thing that happened to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. And by the way, the same thing that happened to Svetlana Lakova. She is the British, British professor. She was born in Moscow, but she is a British citizen who worked at Cambridge. And she was set up by Stefan Halper, who was working as a spy for the FBI under James Comey. And I have her on too. She's she's amazing. She's going to, and I'm telling you, this is big breaking news because Waleed Ferris has breaking news. He's 
he's breaking it all over the place in this interview. And so is Svetlana Lakova. So I know you're going to stick with me and listen to these great interviews and listen to these patriots and realize that it's not... This is not a story that is separate from you, the American people. This is you and I. This is about you and I and what they can do to you. Believe me, this was not the first time that the FBI abused its power, that people within the FBI abused their power, that people within the NSA abused their power, that people within an administration abused power to spy on Americans by the way, completely illegal and against our constitution. And it's the reason we became an independent nation. This is July 4th. And I just want to say thank you to all the men and women um, who have served our country, both in the intelligence community, both in law in law enforcement, as well as in the military. And a special thank you to uh, my husband, um, Martin Bailey, who sacrificed so much for his country. And a little moment to remember my father, even, you know, who was a World War II veteran and my grandfather, who I never knew, who fought in World War I um, in the Rainbow Brigade. There are a lot of people that have made this nation great and with their blood and sacrifice, have created a nation that is the envy of all other nations in the world. There is a reason why people sacrifice everything to come here. There is a reason why when I go to the southwest border, or when I go to Mexico, or when I go to Guatemala, there are caravans of people trying to come to this beautiful nation. There is a reason why. So when you're out there in school, for those of you who are young, who have professors who tell you over and over again how we're to blame for everything on the planet and that we are the problem, and thinking about President Barack Obama and how he used to say that all the time, let's lead from behind, you know, that we should apologize for everything we've done. For all of those who do that, I want you to take a moment to think about this. Think about all the people in the world that try to get to this country. Some have sacrificed their lives to get here. Sacrificed their lives. I had a cousin in Cuba. I've never, I never knew him. His name was Christian. When he was 18 years old, my aunt told me that he was so frustrated because he wasn't communist. He was just being shoved aside, couldn't go to school, didn't have any aspirations to do anything. All he could dream was coming to the United States. I was one of the lucky ones. He wasn't. At 18 years old, he got on a boat and tried to make his way to the United States, and he disappeared at sea. He died. He was never heard from again. His mother was still in Cuba. She has since passed away. But Christian lost his life, trying to come to the United States. We can protest. We should protest. We should speak out. We should have you know, ideas and talk about them and debate people and listen to people's differences and hear them out. It's okay. It's okay for us not to think the same. That's why we're here. But it is not okay for us to rip up our communities, to start fires, to destroy people's businesses, to kill young people in the streets. It is not okay when in communities like Chicago, young people are killing each other every single day and nobody's even paying attention. Nobody even cares. You know, please, please, Democrats and Republicans, stop focusing so much on President Donald Trump. Take your mind off of him for just one minute. 
right? He's the executive. But it's you guys that are running this country. It's your local municipalities. It's your states. You are the ones that need to make the change. You are the ones that need to go out there and help your communities survive and help these children survive. It's up to us. We have to work together. Look, we don't need to worry about the Russians and the Chinese and everybody else. They are sitting back laughing at us as we tear each other apart. They don't even need to invest a dime because we are tearing each other apart. But I believe that this country is better than that. And I believe that the foundation it's built on will survive, will survive as long as those of us that are the silent majority stand up, speak up and not be afraid and stand up for our nation. There is nothing embarrassing about that. Just like you stand up for your family, even where they wear weird shorts or they come over to your house and tell stupid stories or they go to your school and pick you up and you're like, oh my God, is that my uncle picking me up in the big camper and it's so embarrassing and it's old? Or, oh, there goes my aunt. She's smoking a cigarette. Nobody smokes anymore. Oh, holy cow, I'm going to hide from her, go under a rock. Just like that, but that's still your family, right? You're still going to defend your family, defend your nation. Stand up for your nation. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's awe-inspiring. This is a great country, and we should share this with the rest of the world. We need to be a beacon of light so people want to be like us, so people want to be free. Be free. That's what we need to remember on July 4th while we're out there with our face masks on watching fireworks explode into the sky or whatever we're going to do. Say thank you. Say thank you to your friends, to your neighbors, to a soldier. And remember, this is a great nation. Happy Fourth of July, America. And I want you to think for just one minute what it must feel like to know that you are being investigated, again, by the FBI, your family, your friends, your, you don't even know why. You don't even understand it. You know you haven't broken any rules. You haven't broken any laws. And now your life is turned inside out. Well, that's what happened to everybody that was connected to President Trump. I mean, almost everyone, some worse than others. We talked about Svetlana Lakova. We talk about people that were close to President Trump, like Roger Stone, like others, like Paul Manafort. Um, Those are the names that you hear about. You don't always hear about the people that are so important. Now, Dr. Walid Ferris is a longtime friend of mine, somebody that I absolutely respect, that I go to for advice or for information when I'm working or researching a story on the Middle East or South Asia or East Asia. He is an expert in world affairs. He has worked for other campaigns as well. He's worked for Mitt Romney's campaign. He worked with Donald Trump on his campaign in foreign affairs. And guess what? While he's working, doing his work, the FBI is going after him. The FBI is digging up everything they can on him. Imagine that. Imagine that. These are names that you haven't even heard. Guess what? You know why you never heard Dr. Walid Ferris's name until maybe if you even took a chance to read the New York Times, to read the New York Times and see a story that they published on him just this year, actually, just this year, FBI once investigated Trump campaign advisors' ties to Egypt. I want you to think about that. The FBI found nothing on Dr. Walid Ferris, yet somebody leaked to the New York Times that the FBI was investigating him. This is the same 
pattern that we've seen. Same type of pattern, same type of disinformation campaign to target certain people, to put them out in the public eye. And now I've got my good friend and very well-respected, very well-respected foreign policy expert, Dr. Walid Ferris, here with us today. Dr. Ferris, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Well, anytime, anytime. You know, you and I have known each other for a long time. Um, You did not speak. You knew years ago, and I want you to tell everyone out there your story, because a lot of people don't know your story. They don't know what happened to you. Um, I have been fortunate to know you for years now, to know the Mm -hmm. great asset you've been to the Trump administration as well as to others, um, including your expert advice on what's happening in the Middle East, what, you know, especially Lebanon um, and in other places of the world when I've gone to you seeking advice. Fill everybody in first before we delve too deeply into the story on what happened to you, how you found out, how the FBI approached you, what happened to you in the beginning. Well, Sarah, I'm still under shock and trying to digest what has happened to me. As you just mentioned, it was revealed to me uh, through an article published by the hit piece, actually, by the New York Times at the end of May. It came to my surprise. What is going on? Uh, Well, uh, for the audience listening to us, uh, like all other advisors, most advisors of the Trump campaign and after that transition and some of the first part of the administration, we were called in uh, 2017 to testify to several bodies uh, of government. I testified to the Senate Intelligence Committee, committee, to the House Intelligence Committee. We, uh, you know, we had conversations, let's call them conversations with the probe uh, for about four months. About what? About the the so-called Russia connection to the Trump campaign. Okay. It was done. Never heard from them. I learned from the New York Times that there was a redacted part of that initial memo that started the Russia uh, investigation that had my name. I didn't see it yet. So, by the way, Sarah, I am going to be, uh, you know, asking the DOJ to give me that document. I want to see what did they say about me. Imagine for four years, a U.S. citizen has been investigated and nobody told them what was it about. And you've never seen the document? You've never understood what led to that investigation? That's breaking news. That's breaking news, Dr. Ferris. We've never heard this before. You know, I never heard of it till uh, end of May. But now here's the deal. The New York Times starts to add what they think or what their 10, quote, unquote, unnamed sources. They always come with unnamed sources that this was an investigation. By the way, while I was actually uh, giving lectures to the FBI, to the intelligence community, you know, my relationship with the intelligence community is 25 years old. Right. I have uh, trained. I have been working with probably about two to three thousand intelligence community analysts on counterterrorism, on the threats facing America. I served twice as a a national security advisor, foreign policy advisor to presidential, you know, uh, candidates. So I was was aware and had the knowledge of what was going on in terms of threats against America. Probably this was the reason. Probably there was a party out there which is not still under the light that was not very happy. With my position with regard to the Iran deal, I'll talk about that in a second. With my position with regard to the partnership with the Muslim Brotherhood, it's all about foreign policy. Most likely, I was put under this investigation because 
somebody somewhere, some lobby pressured and introduced a dossier against me, which after investigation, authorities found out there was nothing. It was a dossier probably prepared by my political enemies in this I want, the I want, I want people to really understand this. I want you out there to understand what Dr. Ferris is, is saying to us here. The issue is the Obama administration's Iran policy, their policy on Iran, the legacy that President Obama wanted to leave behind. This was a major problem when President Trump took office. And when people like Dr. Wally Ferris, like Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and others spoke out against this really dangerous, deadly policy, this Iran policy, giving Iran over $100 billion, you know, dropping the sanctions on Iran, allowing a, a regime that basically pushes terror across the globe by funneling money to terrorist groups by wanting to stop them from enabling the Iran regime. That is why Dr. Ferris and others were targeted. That's one of the reasons why. Not all. I'm sorry, Dr. Ferris, go ahead. No, you are right. I mean, I am, I am not a guy who deals with real estate. My business is foreign policy. My expertise is national security. I've been doing this for decades and decades. I have briefed Republican and Democrat and dependent members of Congress. So it is known. I have 12 books. So I'm not that Johnny-come-late expert who turned expert overnight. So for anybody to try to uh, smear me like the New York Times or to uh, launch dossiers against me like the Iran lobby and the Muslim Brotherhood lobby, that's understandable. But to have a bureaucracy uh, that was under one administration conducting an investigation against me because my political position, my academic position, was to oppose the Iran deal very openly, you know, on, on the news, on cable news, in social media. I've published books. So that, that shocked me. As I, I imagine that this cannot happen in the United States. This happened in the third world. This happened elsewhere, but not in the United States, which is the reason why I have been shocked. How do you think they got that kind of power? You and I have talked about this, Dr. Ferris. This isn't, I mean, based on American politics. I was shocked as well. It, it seemed incredible to me. I spent most of my career covering foreign policy, not national U.S. policy. So I never imagined what I saw happening in Pakistan or in Iran or in Iraq or uh, in other nations uh, happening here inside the United States the way I saw it. And I'm going to go with you to Afghanistan in a minute. I'm going to talk about the new mm -hmm. explosive stories and get your thoughts on that as far as Russia putting bounties, um, giving the Taliban money to put bounties on U.S. soldiers' heads, which I believe is another hoax uh, established by U.S. intelligence that operate against this administration. But explain mm -hmm. to me how you think this happened. You know the intelligence community even better than I do. Oh, I know this community. It was my community. I served. I have, was contracted by them. I trained thousands of these analysts. I don't want to go into the details, of course, as to how to understand the threat, how to understand the penetration of America. So I'm, I understand when a penetration is happening, but that penetration to be happening for the interests of hostile forces is beyond what I can imagine. I mean, even if you tell me this is a movie, it, it couldn't be right. But the bottom line is that the New York Times said 
that, wow, that investigation was because of my support to the Egyptian government. Are you kidding me? Of course, I support Egypt and Israel and the UAE and NATO and all our allies against who? Against the jihadists. Against the Iran regime terrorists. So what is it that is you know, questionable in, in my position to, uh, to support and to meet with their officers. By the way, Sarah, let me say one thing. I meet with leaders of the Muslim world and the Arab world and, and leaders and prime ministers in, in Europe. I meet with their intelligence officers by request from our agencies to speak with them about that common threat. And I'm saying all of that just to explain how shocked I was to learn that the New York Times is doing this with some party that has been trying to investigate me and maybe spying on me. And I can tell you in conclusion, I am investigating this, but what I see is not what I like. I can see people from the past administration, people in the media and people in the foreign lobbies, all using the same topics, the same talking points against me. And that is not good. And do you think they are working together? Do you believe there is some unspoken but effective method. And this is something that, and I'm, you know, I don't want to forget this, but this is something that people are trained to do in other countries. And you actually need presidential authority to create a disinformation campaign against another country because it is very dangerous. You and I both know this, Waleed. We both know this. So when you think about people from a previous administration with mm. close friends in the media who have bureaucrats still deeply embedded in these agencies like the CIA, like the NSA, um, uh, the Department of Justice and others. That creates a very frightening scenario when you think about Lady Justice and America, the Constitution, your rights. That all goes into a toilet if nobody is actually uh, keeping check on this. You know, Sarah, the military and the intelligence uh, communities, they understand that there is a word, a, a small sentence, that would reveal everything. This is called broken arrow. A broken arrow would occur when a foreign hostile force has influence within our own country and can manipulate talking points. It's like the dossier that you've worked on for the Russia, the actual Russia matter. But in this case, it's more serious because the Russia matter actually was not ever proven. But this is, you have Iran regime, you have other hostile forces, the Muslim Brotherhood, who have influence within our media and within our bureaucracy. That has never happened, as far as I can understand from history, in the United States. And you were mentioning Afghanistan. Now we may see something very linked to it or very, uh, you know, uh, comparable to what happened to many among us. A game to make sure that one foreign policy, which is uh, basically regarding Afghanistan, is not applied in another foreign policy to be applied. So I, I, uh, I just stop here and tell you I'm going I'm to ask the Justice Department to give me that redacted piece of paper and, and, and I will begin my own investigation from there. That's right. And this is the redacted information that was in the special counsel Robert Mueller's report regarding the basically the spy investigation on you by the FBI. What allowed them to investigate you? That is what you want to know. Absolutely. And that's my right. But beyond my own right, I know I'm not in the administration. I'm not a decision maker of any sort. But as a U.S. citizen, I need to know. But more important, what happened to me could be part of an, a foreign influence, because as I told you, I don't do real estate. I do foreign policy. So the reason for why this ha- 
must have happened to me is because of foreign interests. That's absolutely right. And I want to take you right now to Afghanistan because this is so important. Now, there's a number of stories. They're targeting President Trump and they're saying that he was briefed. Uh, several months ago, or that he had some knowledge that the Russians were planning on paying the Taliban to basically target U.S. forces in Afghanistan. Now, I spent the majority of my career on the ground in Afghanistan and Pakistan. I covered that region. I traveled all over Afghanistan. I I know almost every inch of that country. Um, And I I've spoken with the Taliban. I've spoken with Zabiullah Mujahid, who is a spokesman for the Taliban. I work with people in Pakistan who are sources of mine in order to obtain information from that region of the world. I have known for years now, just as the U.S. intelligence community and the Trump administration, and I'm sure you as well, Dr. Wally Ferris, that Russia does have a significant interest in Afghanistan. And they're also keeping their eye on us and, you know, maybe want to do the same thing we did to them, right, Um, when uh, we pushed uh, basically the Soviet Union into collapse uh, during their time in Afghanistan. But one of the things that I have been told by sources in the region is that this story, this story in particular, is a ruse, that the Russians weren't offering bounties. The Russians have always uh, tried to connect with Pakistan, have tried to supply the Pakistanis with weapons, have tried to create some upheaval in the region, but that this in particular, this story was another uh, systemic way of targeting the Trump administration and going after President Trump. Is that what you're hearing, or or could or could the sources I'd be talking to be wrong? Sarah, let me approach it from a strategic perspective, and we will talk about it many, many times, because we are now building knowledge about it. I taught this course about, you know, terrorism, counterterrorism, influence and counterinfluence. So basically, you begin by the possibility, the first possibility, and why we are looking at possibilities, not firm information, because the intelligence community itself has said from the CIA and the DOD that we're not sure yet that there is something going on. We're not sure yet, not sure enough to bring it to the president to take action. That by itself is very important coming from the intelligence community. Mm -hmm. Second, you think in terms of decoy, maybe somebody in the region is doing this and then sending a decoy to another uh, party that would be the Russians in this case, so that the investigations would go to the Russians while the real people who actually, by the way, we have like Iran, evidence. like Iran. Iran. I mean, if we you don't Google, know. Sarah, ask your audience, Google Iran, Taliban connection, you're going to get at least 10 items where the Iranians have been revealed. I mean, the researchers have revealed that the Iranians are doing precisely this. So that's one theory that uh, researchers should be focusing on as well. That's right. That's right. And I want everybody to remember this and and to understand this. I mean, when you were in the region, when I was in the region, everything is so muddy. We would get reports every single day. I would get ready to go out on an assignment uh, to cover a story maybe in Kandahar or Helmand province or Kabul, Mm -hmm. and I would get multiple reports from either the U.S. military or from the embassy saying, you know, there is a possibility that uh, there will be a bombing on Ring Road, that the Taliban is now inside Helmand province. So you would have to gauge whether or not the intelligence that was being delivered, right, is actually accurate intelligence. And that's what Dr. Ferris is saying here, too, folks, is that we just don't know. And that's why not every single bit of intelligence makes it up to the president desk. Only the intelligence that can be proven and vetted makes it to the president's desk. Am I right on that, Dr. Ferris? 
You're absolutely right. I mean, it's like a pyramid and intelligence starts to build up and you have 16 intelligence agencies. Let's say three or four are on the vanguard of gathering this intelligence. So if a newspaper has a connection with one source in one in one side of the pyramid and then break uh, the the news or so-called news that there is a certainty about it, this is basically goes against the build up of that intelligence after which it should go to the White House, it should go to all decision makers. So what they most likely had was some leak, some information. By one part of that discussion, they must have had one theory, which is the Russians were discussing it, by the way, and then they ignored everything else, including the possibility that the Iranians or the ISIS people or anybody else was funding this operation. These are all theories. And you so, don't do foreign policy only on, on on theories. Yes. Thank God we don't, because that would be a very serious issue if we did. I mean, we go by facts. That's what we should be doing. And that's what didn't happen, uh, obviously, in the Russia hoax. That's what didn't happen with you. And Dr. Ferris, I, you know, I think that everybody should be fighting for every bit of documentation related to what happened to the Trump administration, particularly in your case right now. Um, Carter Page has been fighting and fighting and fighting for everything he can get from the DOJ. Uh, George Papadopoulos, too. Um, you're all have been affected by this. Your lives have been affected by this. Uh, is there anything that you think, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to say, something that you haven't discussed before that you think is imperative that the American people understand? I have one concern, and I hope I'm wrong, but the pieces I see, you know, are, are saying otherwise, that this whole investigation or this whole fury to create an investigation about the Trump campaign uh, and, of course, the administration was probably influenced by or, you know, pushed by a clan or a party that was very affected by a change of foreign policy. If that is the case, it's not about hatred of Donald Trump. It's about an affecting a foreign policy of a sitting administration. I hope I'm wrong, but let's see what the investigations, all the investigations combined, are going to tell us at the end of the day. I agree with you there. So you don't want to drop any names, do you? You're going to wait. I, I'm going to wait. First of all, when I, when I see my document, this is where my case will start rolling. Well, I can't wait to see that document myself. Dr. Ferris, you're always welcome on The Sarah Carter Show. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate your time, and I will continue to follow your story, and I hope you come back again soon. Thank you very much. Imagine your life being turned upside down. That's what happened to all the people during the Russia hoax investigation, the people that I've interviewed and brought to you here on this podcast. Imagine being investigated by the FBI with the power of the purse of the United States government, your name being tainted in newspapers all across the planet. Imagine that. So every time you hear Congressman Jim Jordan, you hear me, you hear Sean Hannity, you hear others, you hear the president of the United States saying, this can happen to you, it can. And it has. And today, I'm bringing back someone that it happened to. Her life was turned upside down. She was made to be a Russian spy. And she was also slandered across the pond in Great Britain and here in the United States. Svetlana Lakova. Svetlana Lakova, a British academic who is Russian born, was used by the FBI 
to target Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and the Trump campaign. Svetlana, it is so good to have you on the show today. And I know so many people have uh, become very attached to your story. They follow you. uh, They listen to you. Now you've written a book and I wanted to bring you on so you could talk a little bit about that. Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for your wonderful audience to, uh, for welcoming me again. And I just wanted to briefly say how grateful I am for all the important work that Sarah has been doing for this many years. And, you know, she was one of the very first people three years ago, even more than three years ago, who realized that something was really rotten, something really, really bad happened, not just to the Trump campaign, but actually to, uh, you know, to the American justice system. And, and Sarah has been somebody who believed in, in, in me and many other victims when nobody believed them and has been trying to ensure that our voices are heard so it can't be repeated again. Absolutely, Svetlana. And, I, you know, this is something that, I mean, you and I spend a lot of time talking. Maybe people don't understand this, but this has been years of us back and forth on the phone, me hearing your story, uh, understanding what this has done to you and your family. Talk a little bit about that kind of pain when you wake up in the morning, you know, several years ago and you see a newspaper and it basically says that uh, you're a Russian spy and you've been sleeping with a married man and... And, you know, your whole life is turned upside down. And all of a sudden, the people that you thought were your closest friends, your professor that was your mentor, others that you worked with, were really working against you. Well, that's that's the thing. So remember, I'm not American. I'm not in politics. I have nothing to do whatsoever with American elections, uh, American president, American national security advisors. So um, I was a very boring, before all of this, a very boring British academic. Um, I've just given, we're talking early 2017, so this is just after the election around the inauguration time of the president. I've just, unknown to, to me that there was also of um, really bad, bad actors involved and bad things going on in America. I was living my b- life in Britain. I just um, given birth to my, my first uh, uh, child. Uh, she was only a few weeks old. Um, and then um, I was actually finishing my first uh, book. And so I was living this life. And then one day it just got completely turned upside down. Uh, because I was suddenly being accused uh, of having seduced General Flynn, uh, Trump's national security advisor, on behalf of Russian intelligence. And that I'm basically the key between in this collusion story between Trump and Russia. Now, of course, now everyone knows that the whole thing was a hoax. Uh, and you were lied to. But at that point, not many people realize it because, of course, you're reading all this, you know, respected, highly respected publications such as Washington Post, New York Times, or you listening to NBC or CNN, and they're telling you this every day, right? So, of course, it then becomes true, even though they're all lies. So in my particular case, the reason why... Um, I unfortunately got dragged into this whole story saga is I was working at Cambridge University. I'm a, I was a fellow there and we had a man called Stefan Halper uh, who was oh, an American. One second, Svetlana, I have to interject here because Stefan Halper is for, for me, 
the center mass of the entire issue. He is the reason for the season. He is the reason that the FBI was able to build this false case. Both Stefan Halper and Christopher Steele. And what's so interesting is that it all occurred overseas. It didn't happen in the United States of America, folks. These people operated overseas. Uh, Stefan Halper, he was a U.S. citizen, but a professor working at Cambridge. And Svetlana will explain that a little bit more in a minute. And her relationship with him. And Christopher Steele, the British spy. And everything that happened overseas so that the FBI could build a false case using Svetlana, using Svetlana, who had basically no idea what was going on until she saw her name in the paper. That's right. And not just spy, but slander them. So Stefan Halper, and um, thankfully, to uh, we had amazing documents coming out that have been hidden from you, from me, from the public, uh, from the courts uh, for years. They finally seen the light of the day. They said the documents had been declassified by uh, then Director of uh, National Intelligence, uh, Grano, and also documents that have been uncovered by uh, attorney from Connecticut, Jensen, who A.G. Barr uh, appointed to independently review the case of General Flynn. And this new documentary evidence shows that Stephen Halper uh, provoked, uh, he lied to the FBI, he made false statements to the FBI in order to start an investigation, an FBI investigation into General Flynn by claiming falsely that he witnessed me seducing General Flynn on behalf of Russian intelligence. Um, and then uh, the investigation continued into General Flynn and then Halper somehow told that story to David Kramer. Uh, through Christopher Steele, and David Kramer told that story to uh, McCain, who told that to Comey after the election. Wait, Svetlana, Svetlana, I just want Americans to understand this. You're a mom. You were a professor. You were just a regular gal like me, like you out there. And here you are now in the middle of one of the biggest Spygate scandals in modern U.S. history. And it was all based off of a game that we play in the United States. I don't know if you play it in Great Britain, but telephone. It was basically, I'm going to tell one lie and I'm going to pass that lie off to this person. And I'm going to pass this lie off to another person who, by the way, is a spy, a former spy for British intelligence and who, by the way, has friends in the media and who, by the way, has friends in the United States at Fusion GPS who were paid off by the opposing campaign, which was Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee, who paid Fusion GPS to build a dossier of lies against members of the Trump administration. But they needed you, didn't they? They needed you. Well, that's that's right. So for them, you know, we are all expendable. We're not people to them. So the fact that I'm a mom, um, to a beautiful child, the fact that I have a husband, um, the fact that um, I have, um, you know, a by that stage, you know, a very serious academic career where I'm working in archives, where I'm teaching uh, students at the number three university in the world. None of that, that matters to them. They just took my name and my photograph. They plastered the cross. They concocted that story because they don't care about people like you and me, Sarah. We're just expandables to them because Hillary Clinton just wanted to win that election. And when she couldn't win the election, she wouldn't accept the result. 
And therefore, the whole machine, which is the dirty cops at the FBI, the Department of Justice, the media, uh, the Hillary campaign, all of those people, they, they colluded. That's the real collusion in order not to accept the results of the 2016 election because they just didn't want to lose. Right. Right. And that's what that means. That's why it matters for every single person who's listening to that, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're Republican, whether you don't actually care. Like, I didn't care about politics at all. I didn't even vote in my own country. Right. I was too busy doing other things. But actually, it matters. Right. Because what matters is they can take. Remember, I live across the ocean. I'm not a politician. I'm a nobody. So if they can take me like this and use me and abuse me like this in order to get their political aims, that can happen to everyone. That's absolutely right. It can happen to anyone. And it has happened to a number of people. Svetlana, let me ask you this question. Do you think, I mean, like, when you and I talk about this, and we talk about this being on such a grand scale, right, one of the biggest uh, possibly modern political scandals, but do you really think that this is the first time that people like Deputy Director, former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, James Comey, James Clapper, uh, former CIA Director John Brennan, do you really think this is the first time they've set someone up? Or do you think this is just like, They've been doing this for a while. They've never been caught. And it wasn't until President Donald Trump. And I'm asking you this because you are a scholar of intelligence. You have studied Russian intelligence and GRU. You have studied the British intelligence system and the American intelligence system. Do you really think this is the first time they did that? Well, that's the thing we don't know. What we do know is, of course, that, you know, the surveillance by, for example, Obama administration uh, seems to go quite a way back. And it doesn't seem to be specifically, you know, just about President Trump. The point about President Trump, as you say, is that he uncovered this. And I think the importance of that is that if something is not done about it, you know, people ask me, like, why? some people say, you know, why are we going over the events of 2016? Because it's not over. You know, uh, it was supposed to be uh, Russian President Putin who was supposed to be sowing discord in America. Right. But look, actually, who ended up sowing discord, why are people so divided, why half of the country still believes today that the president is a traitor. He works for foreign power. They well, say, we right? know he because doesn't. And I want people achieved. Yeah, we know he doesn't, Svetlana. And I know that you're going to be going, you're doing a lot of interviews today. I want to give you one opportunity right now to shout out, get your book out there. Everyone out there, please, you need to read her book. You need to hear her story. It will change the way you see everything about the Russia hoax investigation. It is just that important. Um, Svetlana, where can we get your book? What can we do to hear more about your story? Where can we go? Thank you very much. So the book, which I just published about my eyewitness accounts of the origins of Spygate, and I just wanted to repeat that it's not over, right? 2016 is not over. We're dealing with the results of it today because the scores they saw in the country, the disagreements within the U.S. society, uh, the consequences, this rolling coup, so to speak, you know, like they're impeaching attorney general, as we speak, right? They would not stop, which is why you need to understand what happened in 2016, because it's happening to Today, again. Um, so the book is called Spygate Exposed. So it's spygate-exposed.com is the website, spygate-exposed.com. And that's my eyewitness account where I use my um, what I've seen and what I know, but also my historic uh, expertise to give you the first uh, account of Russiagate or Spygate as it started in early 2016. 
And I urge everyone to uh, also follow me on Twitter. It's at Real S. Lukova, L-O-K-H-O-V-A, um, on Twitter. And also I'm on Parla. Um, and, and continue reading my research and, of course, uh, Sarah Carter's research. And educate yourself on what happened to your country in the last four years. Because otherwise, if it's not investigated properly, if the public did not realize what happened, it will happen again. Thank you so much, Svetlana. That's, again, everybody, follow Svetlana. I can tell you, you're, you're going to learn so much. Follow her on Twitter, at Real S. Lakova, at Real S. Lakova. Here's a woman, mom like you and I, who was just living her life, a professor, and all of a sudden got wrapped up into one of the biggest political scandals in modern U.S. history. It was great to have Svetlana and Dr. Ferris on the show today. And I think that one thing that we learned from both of them And the one thing that I, at least I'm taking away from all of this, I don't know if you are, but is the fact that we can continue to fight, that we have a voice, that what our nation gives us is the ability to be free, the ability to speak, the ability to to fight for justice the right way. Not by going out into the streets and tearing up our cities and tearing up our families and tearing up our lives, but through through the Department of Justice, through the legal system, through the media, through through this, these tools, by the way, which are not available to people in other nations. I can tell you that. Try speaking out against the government in Pakistan. Try speaking out against the Russian government or Vladimir Putin. Try speaking out in China. Look at what's happening to the Uyghurs. Look at what happens to people all over the world. We are a blessed nation. We are a great nation. Happy 4th of July to you. I am with you and I'm here and I'm so excited and I can't wait to be back with you next week. Again, thank you for being a part of the Sarah Carter Show. Please go on your favorite app and rate us. Give us a five-star rating. We love to see that. We love to hear your feedback. And you can follow me at Sarah Carter DC. That's at Sarah Carter DC on Twitter. I'm also on Parlor, by the way. We're, we're on there now. And as well, go to SarahCarter.com, SarahCarter.com for all of our latest stories. Thanks again and be with you soon. We're taking the story back. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.